Let's join together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of being able to celebrate together. Thank you that as we celebrate the Lord Jesus' first coming, we're reminded of what he accomplished as we celebrate communion. We're told to do that until he comes back again. So we know he didn't stay dead. We know about the resurrection. We know about everything about the Lord Jesus that you wanted us to know from your word. Thank you that in a unique, special way today, a lot of great things will be rehearsed before our very eyes. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn together to Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up our reading with where it was left off by the Belusio family. Pick up in verse 15. If you recall the story about the angel appearing to the shepherds. Verse 15 tells us about what happened when the angels went away into heaven. It says, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This year, during our Christmas celebrations, there's a focus not to take away at all from the Lord Jesus, the birth of the Lord Jesus, and from the deity of of Christ or any of those other things. But there is a word that's going to help us to point to that and be very practical to us. It is a word that you have heard many times already this morning in song. Does anybody know what word I'm referring to? (laughs) What is Noel? Okay, you've got that down. That word Noel, we're familiar with that word. It's a name that a lot of Christmas babies are given. Do you remember anybody? Uh, I'm having a little trouble here with advancing anything if there's a, a way to help me. Because. Yes. <laughs> of course it's on. <laughs> Does anybody remember this individual? Now, Noel, their Christmas baby is called Noel. Sometimes they call themselves Noel, or, but I'm going to call them all Noel for our purposes this morning. Noel, Noel Picard, St. Louis Blues, back in the early days of the Flyers, he was part of a group of players who used to beat up on the Flyers all the time. Uh, the Broad Street Bullies, if you know that expression, were born as a reaction to the St. Louis Blues and people like this. So he's not exactly our hero, but he's an example of a Christmas baby. He was born on Christmas Day, and they, in, a, in the middle of a whole bunch of French names, uh, Noel Picard is, is one of his four names. Some of you may also remember, and, and you've got to be a little older, but Noel, anybody know who this is? Noel Carroll, a playwright, British playwright. I tried to get a picture of him without a cigarette. It's very hard to do that. Um, And there's a partial one, but at least it's not a whole one here. Uh, 
And some of you may know this, another December baby not born on Christmas Day, uh, Noel Paul Stuckey. His first name was Noel. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Noel is also an old joke used by struggling humorists to describe a transit strike. You might have to think about that for a little bit. But <laughs> Ordinarily, we come across that word Noel while singing Christmas carols. This year will be no different. Twice this morning already, and once at least tonight we'll be seeing that word Noel in song. But we're going to have a little added exposure to that word this year since it's the title and feature song of our Christmas cantata, Noel Jesus is Born. Now, this is not an advertisement that you see on the screen now. Well, it is, but it's not entirely an advertisement. It is the greatest cantata that anybody ever wrote, anybody ever sung or played together with. It's, it's fantastic. Bring your friends and be sure to be there December 18th. But we're going to see the word Noel a lot, and particularly as we advertise. Every time you hear the word Noel, there's something that I want you to be thinking about, and, and we'll mention that as we go on. But a trigger, when we hear Noel, something that can be a great, great blessing to each one of us. So remember that Noel Jesus is born when we sing the first Noel or when we hear a song like Tammy sang for us today. And I don't know how many times the word Noel has been mentioned here today already, but many, many times. Now, that very famous word, Noel, is not a hard word to find roots for. It's actually claimed by a lot of different languages. There are a lot of, a lot of countries who want to claim that Noel came from them. Some scholars think the word is of French origin. They think that it means a shout of joy at the birth of Jesus, and that's how that word came about. An anonymous writer wrote the first Noel, and people are wondering, well, where did that come from? Others go further back to medieval Latin, and they say that the word is derived from a familiar word, natalis, which means birth, and has to do with the birth of Jesus. There's another Latin word that is put forward, the word novella, which means news, conveying the idea that the news of the coming of Christ caused the shouts of joy associated with the Advent season. And I'm figuring there must be a Russian claim also. There's a Russian claim to everything, but I haven't found this one yet exactly. There's another possibility of how the word originated, and I've shared this sometimes in, in other years, but it makes a lot of sense to me. I can't prove it. It is not inspired, but I do believe that as I share that, you'll see that it makes some logical sense, but it also helps us to remember something very, very important. It's quite possible that the correct English spelling of the word is Noel rather than the French Noel. Possibility ascribes the origin of the word to England. It becomes an example, one of many, the way English people like to abbreviate. When you say goodbye to someone, you know where that came from? God be with you was abbreviated to goodbye. They did the same thing with farewell. Farewell used to be fare thee well. And an interesting one, another example Approximately 1247 A.D., there was a hospital founded in England. It was given the name St. Mary of Bethlehem. Several centuries after its establishment, this hospital was turned into an asylum for the insane. The noise, the confusion associated with such an institution became well-known all throughout England. And if you can imagine what it was like back then, 
in an insane asylum without medicine and without some of the techniques and the things that they use today to control at least some of the behavior, you can imagine that coming from that would be the word bedlam, and that's come into our language as a word meaning unorganized confusion with the cries and the screams and the yells and the assorted noises associated with an insane asylum back at that particular time. The word Noel was at first a phrase instead of a word. The phrase becomes now all is well. It seems reasonable that our forefathers used to greet each other on Christmas morning, and as they'd see each other, they would say, now all is well. Now all is well because Christ had come, and they were celebrating that particular event. Now all is well then soon became now well, It was a short hop from the two words to one word, Noel, with the W, or Noel, the way we know it today. So when this unknown poet who wrote the first Noel, when he wrote this poem about Jesus in the 17th century, he zeroed in on the message of Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. The good news of great joy, it was worth shouting about, Noel, now all is well because of what the Lord Jesus has done. So there was, this was a reminder that all was well because of the birth of a child who became the sacrificial lamb for us. So that was the first Noel back then when that occurred, when the angels were ascribing the joy to that and glorifying God together. But there have been many Noels since then. That was the first one. Many annual reminders that because Jesus was born, now all is well. So today, if you think that Jesus was born maybe um, 4 AD or something along that line, so the scholars are uh, disagreeing about exactly when it would be, But that would mean that we're singing something like the 2012th Noel, or at least the annual celebration of Noel this year at Alden Union Church and throughout all the world this season. So you'll see the word Noel a lot. And I'd love for that to trigger for all of us now, all is well, because Jesus came. Is it well for everyone? like to say that it is well for everyone, but it isn't. We have to remember that at the time of the first Noel, the good news was for all the people, but not all the people wanted to hear the good news. Now all is not well for everyone who is here this morning. Not everyone here has accepted the fact that the Lord Jesus came to this earth to be a Savior for each one of us. There are those who would not have Christ rule in their lives in the same way that Herod refused to have someone else come to rule. He wanted to be the prime ruler. He wanted to not only rule his own life, but everybody else's as well. He certainly didn't have any room for the Lord Jesus. There are those for whom all is not well, even sitting among us this morning, because you're living in fear. You're living in fear, afraid of what's happening in today's hostile and terroristic world, afraid of what's happening to the country. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, what's become of our country? What's going to happen to our country? And they're living in fear of that. They're afraid of what's happening to their family. They're afraid of what's happening with their shrinking resources. 
They're afraid of what's happening in their bodies. They're afraid of going for that next checkup or going for that follow-up visit to hear the news of what might be going wrong in a body. They're afraid of their shadows. And that's why the message this morning is for those of you where all is not necessarily well right now, but it's also for those of you that can be reminded now all is well because of what Jesus has done. The good news is only good news if we let it be. So I'd like to encourage each one of us to be like Mary that we just read about. Treasure these things. This story about the Lord Jesus. Ponder what is there in your heart. Allow there to be triggers of memory that draw us back to that and let no well be one of them. All is well. Every time you hear Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. There's no fear when there's God with us. One of the things that I would love to be able to do is I would love to leave a legacy after I'm gone maybe five years, ten years, and you think about Paul Thompson when he was here. I want part of that legacy to be this. I don't remember much about him, but I do remember at Christmas time, every year at some point or another, could be a Sunday night, Sunday morning, sometime or another, he would always remind us, Emmanuel, God with us. And since that's true, no fear, God with us. We do not have to be afraid like other people in the world. Now all is well. I'd like that to be a continuing legacy that you remember because I've done this every year at some point or another, brought out Emmanuel, God with us, no fear because God is with us. I would like that to be my Christmas gift to each one of you this year. It doesn't cost me anything, but I'd I'd like it to be my Christmas gift to you to remind you, no fear, God with us. And I'm going to do that by relentlessly pounding that thought for the next few moments. Please forgive me for that part of it, but I don't ask for forgiveness for trying to leave that legacy and trying to make sure that everyone is able to acknowledge, I don't have to be afraid. It doesn't matter what is happening. What matters is God has promised he would be with me. And he has promised he would never not be with me. So if I'm living in fear of any of those things that I suggested earlier or anything else, I don't have to live that way. And so as I've been over the years writing down every time I see this in the back of my Bible, I write down every time I find out where it says something about don't be afraid. I think, you know, there's somebody that always travels around with don't be afraid. And it's God with us. So if I look in the verse ahead or the verse behind or many times in the same verse, I'm going to find those two guys going around together. They're great friends. They're highly compatible with each other. No fear, God with us. So I'm going to give you one example after another, after another, after another. If you get tired and tune me out, um, read some good scripture. Don't, don't get on your cell phone and play a game, but read some good scripture. But that's part of that legacy. I want you to remember this message, if for no other reason than the fact that there were so many repetitions of the same thought because it's all over the Scripture. All is well, Emmanuel, no fear, God with us. To Isaac, 
to Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, verse 24. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not. And I stop there when I'm reading. Fear not. Somewhere nearby, there's going to be a promise that God is with this individual. Well, it didn't take long in this case. Fear not, for I am with you. And I will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. We find it's going to happen all over the Scripture. Here we are, we're in Genesis. In Genesis, it didn't take long to Jacob. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid. Okay, so where's God with us? It's going to be close by. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will go down with you. There it is. No fear. God with Jacob in this case. We'll see that God is with his people all the time. And when he's with them and he reminds them of that, it's usually in the context, you don't have to be afraid. You're going to be going down into Egypt. You don't want to go there. There's a certain amount of fear with regard to that. You don't have to be afraid because I'm going to go down to Egypt with you. Wherever you're going to go, you're not going to go alone. I'm going to be going with you. And by the way, I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Your son's waiting for you there. I'm going down there with you. Joseph has been there. He's been enslaved, and now he's an important ruler in the country. Don't worry, I'm in control. All of this is going according to plan. That's Genesis. Let's go to Exodus. In Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, but Moses said to God, do you remember that, that occasion? But Moses said to God, God told him he was going to deliver his people. There certainly was fear involved in that, and Moses made all kinds of excuses. He kept trying to get out of that. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. Okay, Genesis, Exodus, Let's go to Numbers. Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who brought back a favorable report when they spied out the promised land. Ten spies brought back a favorable report but said, you got to see those guys there. They're giants. Uh, We've got to stay away from that. It is a great country, but let's stay away. Joshua and Caleb, to all the congregation of Israel, Numbers 14.9, only do not rebel against the Lord And do not fear the people of the land. Why not? For they are bread for us. What in the world does that mean? They are bread for us. The NIV puts it this way. It's very understandable. We will swallow them up. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. We will swallow them up. Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. No fear. God with us. Do not Fear them, they told the people. I like to read what Joe Stoll writes. I like to listen to him. He's one of my favorite preachers. He had this to say about Joshua and Caleb and the spies. Inevitably, trouble will invade our lives. Do you believe that? that you don't need a lot of convincing, do you? Inevitably, that will happen, he says. A bad report from a medical test, the betrayal of a trusted friend, a child who rejects us, or a spouse who leaves us. The list of possibilities is long, but there are only two options. 
forge ahead on our own or turn to God. Flying solo into the face of trouble is not a good idea. It can lead to bad behavior patterns, blaming God, retreating into defeat. Like the Israelites, we may spin out of control and into despair. When the majority of the spies brought a report of intimidating giants and dangers ahead, they used the pronoun we seven times with no reference to the Lord. And that's in Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. Seven times they used the pronoun we in three verses. The Israelites were on the cusp of the ultimate blessing that God promised to them. They were eyewitnesses to the miracles in Egypt, and their feet had walked the dry bottom of the Red Sea in jaw-dropping victory. God's faithfulness had been amazingly evident. What short memories. What disappointing faithlessness. Sadly, they turned their backs on God and left the blessing behind. Caleb and Joshua, on the other hand, opted to turn to the Lord with this confidence. The Lord is with us. And then he says, ask us a very important question. When your giants show up, what will you do? I hope you'll think about this. God has this giant here for a reason. I'm not going to be afraid because I know the Lord is with me. Deuteronomy to the people of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 to 4. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. Why not? Well, you know the answer now. For the Lord your God is with you. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt... And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. To Joshua, Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why not? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. David to his son. Great words from a father to his son. David to Solomon. Then David said to Solomon, it says in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, Solomon his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Why not? For the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Man of God by the name of Jehaziel to the nation of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to King Jehoshaphat, these words from Second Chronicles 20, Thus says the Lord to you, And uh, he says, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. It was the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Munites and probably the termites and mighty mites were there with them. All All the ites were there. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. You will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. You. 
moving through the scriptures, David, Psalm 23, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why not? He's talking directly to the Lord now, and for you are with me. Psalm 46. Let's turn there briefly together. Psalm 46. <clears throat> Great words to turn to when you need some encouragement sometime. When there's something frightening trying to intrude into your life. God is our refuge and strength, a very present, some of the translations say, an ever-present help in trouble. That means he's always there. He's always with us. He's never not there. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble, at its swelling. You'll notice a little further down in verse 7, just in case we want to see the actual words, the prepositional phrase with us again, the Lord of hosts is with us. What a great passage. There's more in Psalm 46 as well. If If you look further in verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God to Israel. Isaiah now, chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We could go on, and I'm going to go very quickly now, to Jeremiah. Beginning of Jeremiah, God gave Jeremiah a mission to his people. He was going to be sounding an alarm to them. He was going to be giving them a warning. But Jeremiah said, I'm too young. They're going to kind of eat me alive. And God said to him, do not be afraid of them. Why not? For I am with you. A lot of years ago, a search committee here at the church asked if I would consider being a pastor. I used Jeremiah's excuse in my mind and a bunch of Moses at the same time. But I turned to the scriptures and I couldn't get away from that. Do not be afraid of them. You know who the them was? You. (laughs) Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you. Jeremiah then says some things to the people of Israel later on. Do not fear the king of Babylon of whom you were afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. To God's covenanted people, Ezekiel says the same thing. Just the highlights here. None shall make them afraid. I am the Lord their God with them. To Israel, Zephaniah 3.15, the king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. Haggai, how many of you have been there recently? Um, Probably not too many. I am with you. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. Now we're in the New Testament. Some of you are saying, well, that's all Old Testament. Uh, That shows how God reacts to his people. That shows how God loves his people, he's with them, promises them, they don't have to be afraid. The Christmas story, as we see what's going on in the Christmas story, Matthew one twenty three and verse 20, Joseph was commanded not to fear. And then later, a couple of verses later, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
New Testament, Jesus' disciples, Jesus walking on the water. The disciples are terrified. Jesus says, it is I, do not be afraid. In other words, I'm here, I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid. The angel Gabriel to Mary, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, I am with you, the apostle Paul is told in Acts chapter 18, one night in a vision. Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. He's there. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. See, we're not just talking about Old Testament people. We're not just talking about Israel. This is written to believers. This was inscripturated for us, originally to the Philippians, to us. The Lord is at hand. He's there. Do not be anxious about anything. But it goes on to say, in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Keep your life free from love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. What he's saying here, I'm always going to be with you. You never have to be afraid of people. And we're told we don't have to be afraid of anything else as well. Noel, now all is well. No fear, God with us, Emmanuel. Hope that that triggers our thoughts throughout the season. We're going to hear a lot of those words, and it'll bring us right back. I don't have to be like the rest of the people who are living in fear all the time, who are afraid of everything. No fear, God with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the fact that you're here with us at all times. Thank you that it's even better than with us because you've told us for believers you're within us. Your spirit is there all the time. May it be a glorious Christmas season as we're reminded over and over again that you came to this earth for the purpose of being with us. Thank you for Emmanuel. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.